Welcome back to American Football the British Way. I'm your host, British, like the people. And we're through week four. How are you guys feeling? There's only two undefeated teams left, so you can only be feeling so great about how your team is doing. Uh, Especially if you're a Bears fan like me, where we have not won a game any of the four weeks. That goes out to the Carolina Panthers fans out there as well. They are also still winless through week four. And it happens. Uh, It's unfortunate when it happens to your team. I'm not going to dwell on it because it makes me sad and I don't want to cry through this podcast. So let's just move on right on into our week four recap. Your Thursday night game, you had a game that, remember, I told you I was very close to because this is my division. It was the Detroit Lions, and they beat the Green Bay Packers. Happy to see it. It was a well-rounded game. Uh, The offense and defense both showed really well. And honestly, anytime Green Bay loses, Bears fans win. That's how this works. I might not have any personal wins, but I win because they lost. Uh, And that is fan math. And we're not going to discuss it any further, okay? (laughs) We had our first international game last week. That was over in London. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons. This game was cool for a couple different reasons. First reason being it means you get to watch football bright and early in the morning and then all day, which was fantastic. It was playing at 9.30 a.m. Eastern So that was wonderful. And they also did something really cool on Disney+. Plus. They had an animated version of the game playing. So if you went over to Disney+, Plus, you could turn on in live time the Toy Story version of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Atlanta Falcons playing against each other. Now, I'd be lying if I said that there weren't any technical difficulties because there absolutely were. There was definitely some times where what was happening in the animated version wasn't perfectly syncing up with what was going on in real time. But for this to be a first test run of something like this, it was great. It was a way for the kids to actually watch football with me and keep them semi-interested. They had all your favorite Toy Story characters out there on the field. They even turned the announcers into animated characters and had them explaining the game throughout the entire time. It was it was really fun. Uh, the Jaguars won that game handedly. Uh, It it really wasn't much of a competition, which is surprising to me about the Falcons, but I think a lot has to be said about what's going on with their quarterback. He's serviceable. Uh, He could make a great backup one day, but I don't know that he deserves to be the leader of the team. We also had two overtime wins this week. Which brings me to the fact that we have not talked about the overtime rules in the NFL. So let's dig into it. It's the end of the game and the score is tied. What do you do? Okay, you're going to go to overtime. So if the score is tied at the end of regulation, the NFL teams are going to play what's basically a modified sudden death. That's what's going to go into an effect. So how did you get the ball to begin with at the beginning of the game? You did a coin toss, so there's going to be another coin toss for overtime. The visiting team captain gets to call the coin and decide what to do. Now, unlike 
with your beginning of the regular part of the game, there's virtually, not virtually, there's no reason to not receive the ball. You're just calling in the hopes that you get the ball first. Okay. And I will explain to you why this is so important. But this time frame is 10 minutes, unlike your 15 minute quarters during the regular part of the game. This is only 10 minutes. Okay. Each team gets only two timeouts. The coaches are not allowed to challenge during overtime. I don't even remember if we've talked about challenges, so I'll just throw this in there. During the regular part of the game, if a coach thinks that a call that the ref made is incorrect, okay, they have the ability to pull out a red challenge flag and throw it down and get a chance at having that call reversed. Okay, this is positive because it could allow them to still push the ball forward or have a reversal call done on a touchdown that was maybe called one way or the other. But what happens here is if they lose the challenge, they lose a timeout. Since you only have two timeouts in overtime, this isn't something that goes into effect at all. Only the replay official can call for a review to any play. Plus, all the scoring drives are automatically reviewed either way. So that's not something that has to be considered. How do you win in overtime, though? Okay, so you win the coin toss. You are going to go on offense, okay? If you get the ball and during your first chance at trying to score, what do I mean by that? I mean on your first possession. So this doesn't mean literally the first down you have. And we've talked about how you have four downs to get 10 yards. This just means it's your first time trying to march down the field. So if you are able to march down the field on your first attempt, meaning like you got the ball first and you get to go and you score a touchdown, the game is automatically over and you have won. If the defense, however, on your opening possession scores a safety on you, and that's a callback to episode one. So if you don't remember what a safety is, go back to episode one and listen because I explained that in detail. On that initial possession, if the defense gets a safety, they win the game, okay? So you can either score a touchdown on your initial possession or the defense can score a safety and then they would win. If the team that gets the ball first doesn't score a touchdown on their initial possession, okay, then any score will win the game. What do I mean by that? So now the ball is going to go to the other team all they would have to do is score a field goal in order to win. But let's say you hold them and they're unable to score a field goal. If that original team gets the ball back, then they are allowed to score just a field goal in order to win. A lot of times people look at this and think like, oh, okay, so basically you just either want to score or keep the other team from scoring. And Yes, but I think the biggest key here is during the regular season, you potentially don't have a chance to be on offense at all. 
if the team that wins the coin toss scores a touchdown, that's it for you. It kind of sucks. And actually, we're going to talk about in just a little bit how that gets changed around for the postseason. The biggest thing to note about overtime in the regular season is that it's not anyone's game because you can tie. If those 10 minutes are up and no team has scored, that's it. This ends in a tie. There is no winner, okay? The first to score three points, either team would get the ball. If you score six points, you're gonna win. If you get three points that first time around, then the next score wins. If you go any method and there's no scoring by either team, it's a tie. Does that make sense? Let me go back. If the team that has the ball first doesn't score right away, then any score will win the game. Meaning the other team can score. They could score a touchdown if they want, but all they have to get is a field goal. Okay. If the other team, if the first team is only able to score a field goal, okay, and the other team gets the ball and they score a touchdown, then they win. That's sounding confusing, and and let me just run this back. So basically, you win the coin toss. You're unable to score a touchdown, but you can score a field goal. Okay, that doesn't mean you're automatically out of it. If the other team scores a touchdown, though, the game is over. It doesn't matter how many minutes are left. If they score a field goal, then you're still going to keep playing out the rest of the minutes because the game is just tied then. I think that that should have clarified that. In the postseason, things change. Okay, so in 2021, there was a very contested Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs game. It was a playoff thriller. It was fantastic. I mean, it got down to the seconds of the game where people have said too much time left on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. That's a phrase you might have heard. Uh, and it's gotten run back several times since then. And that's just because Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, was left with very little time to try to score in order to take the game to overtime or win. And he he ended up scoring. The game goes to overtime. The Chiefs then get the ball in overtime. And because they score a touchdown, the Bills never get a chance at offense again. A lot of people were upset and said that this was unfair because the game was just a complete thriller. I mean, it was back-to-back scores at the end of the game. The most intense last five minutes of a regular season, I mean, this wasn't a regular season, of a regulation time frame game that I have probably ever watched. And yet, once we made it to overtime, because the Bills didn't win the toss, they never even got a chance again to go out and see if they could score. Now, the biggest argument here has been that defense is a part of the game. So if your team cannot stop the other team defensively from scoring a touchdown, then it shouldn't matter if they got to go on offense or not. However, like I have mentioned several times, the NFL is constantly adapting and changing their rules And they have decided that because of this game, and I'm sure other games prior to this one, but this is the biggest one that I can remember in in the most recent history, 
both teams in the playoffs now have an opportunity to touch the ball before a winner is declared. So if the team that receives the ball first, if they score a touchdown, the game is not immediately over. The other team is also given a chance to score a touchdown. If they don't score, then the game is over. But they aren't automatically out just because the other team scored first. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. After they've both had the ball, one team has to have more points. So that sounds like something you would expect. However, remember, in regular season games, you can just end in a tie. In the postseason, you get three timeouts. It's 15 minutes, like a normal game, okay? And they will play as many of these 15-minute quarters as necessary in order to determine a winner because you cannot end in a tie. Hopefully, all of that makes sense. I think what's crazy about this is that, once again, there are just rules on rules for how this all works. Because in the postseason, um, one thing that I didn't mention, remember that safety, okay, and and how hard that is. Technically, both teams are supposed to be able to possess the ball at least once. But if the defense scores a safety, that's actually it. So that would be the only way that a one possession game would end in the postseason overtime. Those overtime games that we had in week four were the Los Angeles Rams versus the Indianapolis Colts, and the Rams scored a touchdown, so they won the game. Then you had the Philadelphia Eagles, one of two undefeated teams left, playing the Washington Commanders, and they win by a field goal. So if you think back to the way I just explained it to you, that means neither team scored a touchdown at all, and it took them to getting a field goal in order to win. Finally, your night game Sunday night was the Taylor Swift versus the New York Jets game. (laughs) And no, Taylor Swift does not play football, but if you watched any part of the broadcast or paid attention to anything that the NFL was putting out all week, you would know that Taylor Swift was at the game and she was in a box with other superstars who rarely were mentioned, even though they are A-listers in their own right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, there were plenty of people up there watching the Chiefs play the Jets. Luckily, in the end, the Chiefs do get the win, so Taylor gets to see her potential man win another game. However, he didn't have as great of a game this week, and You know, there's no telling if the Swifties are the ones who are in control of what's happening to his destiny or not. But if they are, they need to put out some positive juju because normally Travis is good for a touchdown. He's good for more yards and just didn't look great this week. The Chiefs actually barely won. And if you remember, originally this game was put into primetime because They were expecting the New York Jets to have their superstar quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, at the helm. Aaron Rodgers did show up for the game. He was on the field at first uh, with the team on the sidelines, and then he was up watching the game, you know, probably talking to people over a headset and just following along. They panned to him several times as well, but it's amazing how much attention can be paid to people that are not on the field. And I'm hit or miss on how I feel about it. I have absolutely nothing against the Swifties. Please do not come after me. 
I come in peace. I welcome you. I would love to teach you everything that I know about football and more. However, I feel a little bit crazy when I think about how football is the most watched sport in the United States. It is the most paid attention to sport in our country, and yet the internet, including the NFL, is leaning into this idea that somehow one star has completely changed the game. And again, that team didn't even look like the best team out there for the majority of the time. They they got pretty lucky. They got lucky that they, they made it. They end up winning by three points, so... I mean, a win is a win. You only need to win by one, but still. Then you had your Monday night game, which was the Seattle Seahawks playing the New York Giants. And ooh, talk about a bloodbath. The the Seahawks defense just destroyed the Giants. Specifically, they destroyed the Giants quarterback. Monday night, Daniel Jones, who is the quarterback of the New York Giants, was sacked 10 times. 10 times. This hasn't happened in the NFL since 2018. It has been five years since a quarterback has just been taken down that many times during a game. And it showed uh, the, the Giants offense could just never really get going. I don't remember if it finished this way, but their quarterback at one point had the most rushing yards of anybody on their team. And that is exactly not how that should look. (laughs) That is wild. So yeah, the Seahawks rolled over the Giants. I'm now going to introduce my most excited newest segment. It's called Football Jeopardy. Why am I doing this? So I was on TikTok and watching a clip of our dearest old Jeopardy host hosting a segment of Jeopardy that was all about football. It was about the NFL. And not a single question was answered correctly. (laughs) I mean, now this was the second round, so the questions get a little bit harder. If you know anything about Jeopardy, they're worth more money, and so they're a little bit more difficult, but not a single question. I mean, the crickets were so loud. The air was just palpable. You could feel the confusion. You could taste just a lack of any sports analysis whatsoever from the contestants. And I thought to myself, yes, it is important for you to understand the basics of football if you just want to enjoy the game. And once again, there is no need to feel like an ESPN analyst to watch and have fun watching football. But the number one thing that's going to happen to you as soon as you start to understand a little bit about football is that People who talk to you about football are going to think that you know everything about football or that you should know everything about football or that somehow because you've watched two seasons in a row, that means you have extensive knowledge of every single aspect of football. And we just know that that's not realistic. Okay, we're here for casual viewers. We're here for new viewers. We're here for excited viewers. But 
absolutely no one is expecting you to take a college level 101 class on the NFL to where you have memorized every single aspect of the game since its inception. However, what I can do for you is every week, I'm going to give you at least one large piece of NFL trivia. So you can take that with you back to your trivia nights at the bar, back to hanging out with your father-in-law, back to any piece of football conversation that you're going to have. Maybe it'll never come up, or maybe it'll come up when you least expect it, and then you'll be ready. So here's our first one. And I'm going to, of course, say them in Jeopardy style. So since I'm a team player, this is the first one. On January 15th, 1967, the Green Bay Packers were the first team to ever do this. Take a second. 1967. What is win a Super Bowl? That is correct. The Green Bay Packers won the first Super Bowl in 1967. So they were the NFL Packers and they played the AFL Kansas City Chiefs. They won 35 to 10. It was played in Los Angeles at the Memorial Coliseum. And back then, uh, they called it the AFL-NFL World Championship before they switched over to calling it Super Bowl One. What is cool to hear is these are two teams that both exist in the NFL today in the same cities that we talk about them from then to now. Uh one bit of trivia that we can get into eventually is that teams move around. They are not always the same city and team together. Uh, we have had a team change their name a couple times. So yeah, there's a lot there that, that we can learn and remember and understand. But again, do not feel like in order to enjoy football, you have to know every single coach's name on your favorite team, or you need to know you know, what year every single player won every specific award from the team that you follow. Because it's not realistic and it doesn't change the fact that you can enjoy the game day to day. Finally, let's jump into our week five preview. So week five is important to note that you get your first buys this week. So there are four teams that are not playing at all. Those teams are the Los Angeles Chargers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Cleveland Browns. None of them will have games this week, so the slate of games is a little bit smaller. We do go back to London Town and have our second international game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are actually playing in London again this week. Uh, they're the first team to play internationally back-to-back uh, -back like that, which is very entertaining. Uh, a lot of people like to call them the London <laughs> Jaguars because they play overseas so much. Um they're playing the Buffalo Bills. So once again, that will air at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, meaning you're going to have football all day. That's, that's a good time. I'm only going to mention a couple other games. You get your Philadelphia Eagles. I'm mentioning them because they're one of two teams that are still undefeated. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams at the Rams. Your Sunday night game, though, this is the game of the week, okay? Okay. Um, that is the Dallas 
Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. These are two of arguably the best teams in the league so far. The San Francisco 49ers are the other team that is undefeated still. And the Dallas Cowboys do have one surprising loss to the Arizona Cardinals, but otherwise they have put up an immaculate showing. Both teams are defense heavy, so it will be interesting to see if this is a game that puts up a lot of points or if it's just the defense is battling it out. It's going to make for a really, really nice Sunday night game. On Monday night, you're going to have the Green Bay Packers playing the Las Vegas Raiders. (sighs) And I'll be honest, uh, I went in this direction because your Thursday night game, bless, bless all of our hearts, is my Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. As I've previously mentioned, the Bears are still without a win, and now we have to watch them in prime time. It's the only game playing that night, and those are my guys. I'm gonna watch them, but I'm sad, and I'm hopeful that maybe we can just... Let's just lose the rest of the year. Let's just lose the rest of the year. We can have picks one and two in the draft and try it again next year. It is October, and this team has not won a game in a full calendar year. I didn't expect to say that now in 2023. Um, There's been a lot of talk about the coaching staff and that being the problem, Our quarterback had his best game ever last week. Now, again, they were playing another team that didn't have any wins. So take that as you will. But it is definitely frustrating as a fan to watch your quarterback finally do all of the things that you've been hoping that they can do, only for the end result to be a loss. (laughs) That's all I have for you this week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, visit me on TikTok, and I'll see you next week.